What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire, if you would say today's sports media group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. Now, today, guys, I would normally have Nick Fryer on with me, but Nick is off doing wedding stuff with his girlfriend. So I'm bringing in my guy over at the Painted Lions, Austin Krell. Austin, the rookie on the beat this year. How are you, my man? How you doing? I'm doing well, Kai. I, I, I always appreciate being a, a guest on this lovely podcast sponsored by the great USA Today and Sixers Wire. Your wire to the Sixers. Yeah, see, I like that. Your wire to the Sixers. I like that. I like the uh, – <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a smooth intro to it. I like that. Well, guys, we're going to kind of dive right into it now. Ben Simmons is still not here. We are 14 games into the year. They're 8-6. and six. Uh, they've been on a four-game skid, but the team has been hit with COVID a lot lately. So, you know, the, it can be excused a bit when you don't have, you know, the most dominant center in the game out there in Joel Embiid. So we'll talk about that. Um, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about the play of Tyrese Maxey. And, you know, there were a couple of, you know, tweets that I saw the last couple of days. Kendrick Perkins of ESPN tweeted out that no matter what happens, Tyrese Maxey should be the point guard of the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, he ended off with carry the hell on you know, then in the classic uh, Kendrick Perkins way. But then Indiana Pacers coach Rick Carlisle also said that Tyrese Maxey is playing at an all-star level right now. So I feel like at this point, Austin, if Ben doesn't want to come back, then screw it. And the Sixers should really just focus more on Tyrese Maxey and continue to develop him rather than try to bring Ben back and continue to have the same issues that you've had in the past. I mean, especially with the way Tyrese has been playing to start the year, he's been terrific. Yeah, so I think the question is like, okay, is is this really who Tyrese Maxey is or is he just getting the full like, hey, no one has my scouting report yet. I'm just going to go ham and people don't really know how to stop me. I think there's reason to believe it's real. Number one, 26 points per game over the last four games. He's shooting 55.5% on twos um, and his effective field goal percentage, which is basically just field goal percentage, but it weighs threes more than twos. So basically, if you have a, a good three point percentage, you're, you're you're going to have a higher effective field goal, and that's fifty seven point four. So those are both in the ninetieth percentile in the NBA. He's shooting sixty nine percent at the rim, so eighty eight, and that's it's eighty eighth percentile. Um, so he's a crafty, dynamic finisher. That's something that's going to stay with him regardless of where the jump shot is at any given point in the year. He's always going to have the speed as long as he stays healthy. He's going to have the crafty finishing around the rim. Um, so I think he'll be fine as a scorer. I feel like he's going to get even better like yeah. as a scorer because yeah. you can kind of see – I think you just kind of touched on it a little bit with the three-point shot. But yeah. I believe even if over his last three games, Maxie's shooting 50% from deep. And yeah. the season, he's shooting, I think, a little over 41%. That's a number that is going to continue to climb because the kid has such a crazy, maniacal work ethic that he's going to continue to improve no matter what. Like, you could just see it. There have just been little incremental improvements, not only from his rookie year, but up until now. Um, you can see that he has put in the, the proper work in the offseason. Um, his his offseason videos look a little bit more legit than Ben Simmons right now, if, if we're going to be completely honest. But well, we can, we'll touch on that later. We'll touch on that later. But Tyrese, has, you, you can just tell the kid has been able to put in that work. So it's just, it's just like just you see these monumental improvements. And now I know on the defensive end, he's still got issues. On the defensive end, he's still, you know, learning. But I feel like even on that end, Austin, there are, you know, there are certain things that you can see that he has definitely improved on. And he definitely has the tools to at least become a 
average defender. Maybe not like a guy like a Simmons who is an all NBA type of defender, but at least a solid one. Yeah, I feel like he's gotten much better lately with as a help defender. And I think there are certain ways that if you just think the game through, you can sort of cheat in your progression as a help defender. Like, for instance, a very easy way to improve as a team defender is if you see a, a good offensive player posting up with like late in the shot clock, you can very simply just time your help defense to go over there and contest. Cause if it, let's say like he makes the pass out of it, your man still has very little time left in the clock and they're going to be forced to, to throw up a shot that I'm not comfortable with. Or if he just takes a shot himself, he's going to have two hands in his face. So either way, you're basically, it's basically kind of like a risk-free, just high IQ way of, of becoming a better team defender. But I think he's just, he's becoming better in that regard. He's getting a little bit more deflections. And those are all things he's going to have to do. Now, there are guards like a, a Malcolm Brogdon. There are guards like a Fred Van Vliet who they clear a pick and they feel, they want to feel you on the hip. They want to feel a, 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 an energizer bunny type like Maxi. Just they, they want to feel him right up on top of them so that they can sort of bait him into fouls or, you know, sort of like poke around a little bit and find their way to the rims or, or, or whatever. Um, he has to sort of figure out how to balance his springiness and his speed with like playing against herky jerky change pace kind of guards but i think he'll get that with time and experience um i, I think right now everything he's doing indicates that he's not just a, a a starter level guard he could be he's an all-star level guard and i think another one too is and doc kind of mentions it all the time and, and not just doc tyrese does as well the fact that tyrese is able to kind of look at us um a game film and really kind of begin to really understand and study what guys' tendencies are, because I feel like that's something that's really underrated when it comes to um, defenders. A lot of people just kind of think that just because a guy is long and a guy is athletic and quick or whatever, like you should be able to play NBA defense. But I feel like an underrated part of it is that film study, like beginning to really truly understand like what a guy is going to do, try to anticipate a guy's move, try to, you know, really fully understand how a guy likes to play. So and then, listen, you have to make adjustments, obviously, because, I mean, you know, an offensive player, guys are too good in this league. They're, they're too good in this league. They're, they're going to be able to get their buckets. So you have to be able to make adjustments on the fly. And I feel like Tyrese has done that a lot. I thought Maxi did a hell of a job against Damian Lillard uh, back on November 1st when the Blazers were here. Um, I mean, granted, a lot of that was Lillard kind of just missing shots. But I thought Maxi did a hell of a job against him. Uh, he definitely struggled a big against Fred Van Vliet, as you mentioned. Van Vliet's a guy is a little no more savvy when he wants you as you mentioned on his hip and he kind of goes from there but uh, i think for the most part man max has been great so the question now does become then now the sixers have maintained they want ben simmons back they want him you know back with the team they want him on the floor they want him because he thinks they think he can help them win a championship and granted austin simmons is obviously a way better player than tyrese maxi at this stage of their careers but with the way maxi's playing with the way he's able to shoot the ball, the way he's able to score, and, and you can see the continued development, would you focus a little bit more on Maxi than trying to bring Simmons back at this point? I mean, it kind of just depends on like what your priority is as a team. I feel like um, number one, if you try and if you're if you're just focusing on winning games and in, in the vacuum right now, absolutely. If your goal is to rid yourself of the situation and like get it and like just move on and figure out what, what the outcome is going to be, then no, I don't think you should just like pocket Ben Simmons until he decides to show up. I feel like if Ben comes back, you, you want him to play at his best. You want right. him to try. 
you want to incentivize him to try. And that means kissing his ass a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if they're doing that, they're going to ultimately be putting the ball in his hands, even if it's the detriment of the team. So maybe Max can come off the bench and he just rams the second unit, you know, down everybody's throat and then fine. Um, or maybe Ben buys in more off ball with them. What do you do with Tobias? Cause he's more of a power forward. So I feel like, yeah, probably, they'll probably sort of go back to the Ben lineups um, until they trade Ben or until, you know, they, they figure out what's going to happen there. Um, in which case, let's say you get buy-in from Ben, it's a whole different story. Cause then it's like, what if, the, what if Ben decides to be part of the future again, then right. what do you do? Then I think Tyrese Maxey becomes a very promising trade trip for anybody. And that's a very good asset to have. Um, but that's a whole different story for a different time. I feel like it, 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 it there's not a one right answer because it depends on what the priorities are at the moment. And I feel like Daryl Morey is the head of that beast with determining priorities. And if he feels like this team has a chance to do something, he's going to push for it. And that means pocketing Ben Simmons for now and focusing on the group that you have. No, for sure. And I get what you're saying because – like, I feel like at this point, Ben Simmons gives the Sixers a better chance to win a championship right now as your starting point guard than Tyrese Maxey. I mean, that's obviously true. But when it comes to the playoff time, is Simmons going to choke again? You know, like like last year wasn't just an aberration. This was a this is becoming a trend with, with Simmons. You know, we, we've seen him continue to come up small, the 2018 playoffs, the 2019 playoffs. Um, he didn't play in the 2020 playoffs, but he played in 2021. And it was just like all three of those playoff fronts that he has had he has continuously come up small, especially on, on the offensive end of the floor. Um, obviously, he's an elite defender. He, I thought he was great against Bradley Beal in the first round against the Wizards. I thought he was great against Trey Young in the second round even. But, you know, especially in today's game, shooting is such a priority and scoring and offense. And and, in, and if you can get Maxi up to even, you know, like I, like I said earlier, an average defender, I just feel like his offense would just be a much more helpful attribute to this team than what Simmons would bring to the table at the moment. So I'll take it a step deeper. Perhaps for playoff purposes, Ben Simmons is the better player to have on the court. Okay. But is the better point guard to have on the court, Tyrese Maxey? I think that's a, I think that's a, okay. a, question, that, a question that deserves a late night conversation in the front office. Okay. All right. And now see to that point then, to that point I can see that because Ben is probably a better player, but in terms of the point guard spot, Maxi might be a better option just because of the way he's able to play. And I feel like he's been able to really build a lot of chemistry too with uh Joel and Tobias and uh yeah. Danny and Seth. You can see it. They've kind of been running like a pretty solid five man unit. So that's gonna be another thing that has to be considered too. Like if and when Ben does come back, does the chemistry get messed up? Um, now I know the guys have always said, and, you know, we support Ben and we want to be there for him. And, and that's, that's what they should say. But Joel also said, I don't care about that man either. So it's, it, and I know he's, he can, Joel is a little bit of a flip-flopper at times. Cause on a couple days later in the home opener, he was like, Oh, please support Ben. But it's going to be interesting to see like what happens though. Like when it come when Ben does come back, like, are they going to say true to their word and, and really reintegrate them and keep working or are they going to, um, fall apart as Ben tries to come back into there. So it's going to be something very interesting, but I feel like just at this point, man, you kind of cut your losses, focus on Tyrese and whatever happens with Ben happens. Like, like that's just kind of what I would focus on right at the moment, at least if I'm the Sixers. Yeah. Um, the thing with Embiid, like 
one of the great debates of our time is going to be, was he saying, I don't care about that comma man? Or was he saying, I don't care about that man? Yeah. Honestly, it changes it changes a lot of things there. It's, it, it does. It does. That well, that's one comma that makes a world of difference. That's the world's loudest comma. No, you're absolutely right. That comma changes a lot of different things. Like he doesn't care about what happened at practice or he doesn't care about the man, period. So that's definitely going to be something to really think about and talk about. But every time I watch it, Austin, the way he says, I don't care about that man, like this kind of, I'm like, uh, it kind of yeah. makes me lean towards. <laughs> but also like, so, and I'm going to be careful with what I say here. Cause I don't want to you know, say anything that's considered cancel culture level. But I, I mean, if, if it's not his first language, he might not realize that it sounds like, like, I don't know, man is, has different meaning than I don't know, man. Right. Or, or, or I don't care about that man. Right. Right. No, I hear it. Like, 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 like to hit to us, where we're, we're literally, we write as part of our jobs. That's a pretty big difference in with one little item on the paper makes a world of difference for him. It's just, he's saying something he, that, 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 that he might not think twice about. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think that's a very interesting thing worth thinking about. No, for sure. And like, obviously, you know, we'll never know. Cause I mean, like we're, we're just sitting there, you know, we took the quote and we, you know, put it out there. So I feel like at that point, it's kind of up to interpretation. It's kind of like whatever you hear is like whatever you hear at that point. So I don't yeah. know. We're definitely going to have to see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I feel like Maxi just at this point is kind of like the guy that the Sixers should really focus on and continue to, to groom to like really be that true starting point guard at this point. Because I just for me, Austin, it's it's Ben's failures in the playoffs, continuous yeah. failures. It's, it's not like just one season. It's been three. That it's just like, dude, like you have continued to come up short um, postseason after postseason after postseason. And I'm not really sure if, you know, we can really trust you anymore. Like you're a great regular season player, but and then the playoffs roll around and, and it's just it's tough. It's tough to really kind of defend him at this point. So you, you I just I feel like Maxi just right now has a lot more potential as like a big time playoff performer next to Joel. Um, he had big moments in the playoff season as a rookie. He was great in game six against uh, Atlanta on the road. Um, he had some moments against the Wizards. He had some good moments against the Hawks other than the game six. Just, I, I don't know. I feel like Maxie's kind of offers a little bit more right now, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, well, I feel like he's a more complete player all around than Ben is, even if Ben is a higher level player in a couple of very distinct specific categories. Right. That right. That's, and that's, that's what I'm basically saying at this point, this Maxi just offers what the Sixers need right now. He doesn't offer more than Simmons, but he kind of offers what they need at the moment. And that's, and that's a guy who can space the floor, run the offense and not be afraid to shoot the damn ball. And when he gets an open look, so um, th- that's just kind of how I feel about the Maxi Simmons situation, but we'll have to see how that whole thing works out. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on to the next topic, Austin, there are two free agent signings that the Sixers made in the offseason that really didn't get a lot of hoopla. They didn't get a lot of love. And that's the signings of Andre Drummond and George Niang. Now, granted, um, I used to be a huge Drummond guy. You know, shout out to my days in Detroit. But I, I really was, I really kind of soured on Drummond a bit towards the end of his Detroit time and then his time in Cleveland and LA. And um, I, I think he's been a, an amazing 
you know, pickup for Philadelphia. And I feel like at this point, Austin, he might be a better pickup than uh, Dwight Howard was uh, last year when it comes to being the backup center, like a hundred percent. Oh, not even close. So, yeah, it's it's now Drummond's hands are like my biggest bane of my existence. Um, he can't catch on the run. He can't finish above the rim. He can't finish below the rim. Did you know that he's shooting 51% at the rim? That is the sixth percentile in the entire NBA. That's tough. That's that's tough. That's, that's incomprehensible for a center. And so he he he's limited in that department. He's available on, on the league minimum for a reason. Um, in a small defined role where he's setting hard screens and then catching um, on the go and then finding guys out of a short role. Okay, a little 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 bit of playmaking, but mostly you're there to initiate DHOs, dive to the rim, and then get rebounds, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah, he's been a terrific rebounder. Obviously, I think that. I think he, the 25 rebounds he had, um, what was that in the win against, um, not, it wasn't a win. It was, I think it was against New York. He had 25 rebounds. I think that was the first time a sixer grabbed 25 boards to Charles Barkley back in the day. So, I mean, he's definitely had a huge impact on the glass. He's really been great on the defensive end too. In my opinion, he's been really good, uh, protecting the rim. He had four blocks against Toronto. Uh, I mean, listen, you and I talked about that one, um, when they called a foul, uh, on the one block late when Precious Achua was going to the rim, and everyone's cost the Sixers a game against the Raptors because the Philly, you know, the thing is they grabbed the rebound and they had a fast break opportunity, but because they called the foul, Sixers had a challenge. It was a jump ball once they won the challenge, and then Gary Trent Jr. nails a three for Toronto, and Sixers couldn't recover. So that was a, that was a tough one to really swallow if you're the Sixers. But I feel like Drummond has been much better than than what they have what they expected just because of the rebounding, the defensive ability. Um, he's got some type of offensive game, but it's mainly just tippins, which, you know what, Austin, I'm pretty sure he's more efficient on tippins than he is layups. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Oh, not even close. Not even <laughs> close. It's incredible. Um, how, how, how just like, and I, this isn't a bag on him. Like he is what he is. Um, and I think he, like overall, I think he's a good dude. I, I, and I think he's a, he's a good backup center but you you just can't you you can't possibly justify being 611 and shooting 52 percent of the rim you, you, that's that, that's that's it that's impossible you're in the nba you can't do that like, what are we doing here still um, he's doing he's a very good player i will agree with you a little bit he's he, because there was actually one move when they played um uh, i think they played milwaukee and he got defeated defended by Bobby Portis and he got the ball in the post. He spun baseline. He actually knocked down a reverse layup. And I, I, I was actually shocked the ball went in. But it was a nice move. I was like, damn, okay, Andre, I see you. But um, but it was you could you could just feel the the the, the ever dying hopes of Sixers fans everywhere when he goes to that uh floater in the lane against the Raptors and it clanks off the backboard and pops out. You could just feel the, the the hope dying as he tries to create that shot with four seconds left on the clock. Um, yeah. That was that was something. Um, it was it was brutal. And by the way, live news update: Ben Simmons is at St. Joe's right now in Philly. Is he so, at St. Joe's? There's that. Yeah, maybe he's getting his. Maybe he's getting another degree. I don't know. Oh, look at that! Is he is he is he, is he playing pickup? Like 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 what's he doing there? Right now, it looks like he's just walking around in a sweatsuit with his hood up and red and red sneakers. But he's got double socks on. 
that are that 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 uh that with with the sweatpants tucked into the socks so you can tell that he's been at the very least he is hooping or has been hooping i'll tell you what man the fact that that we're all sitting here like you know really scrutinizing the fact that he's chilling at st joe's is crazy to me right that's right, that's right. he's that type of dude but anyway back to the uh back to the podcast yeah um and Drummond's fine but my god it's the guy the guy literally has bricks for hands it's 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 like there's evidence that points to him having bricks for hands and i'm not it's not even like hyperbole um as for niang I, I like George a lot. I think he's a really good pickup, just a volume three-point shooting guy who will just catch and shoot, just chuck. And that's kind of what you need out of your second unit because he's going to make enough of them where it's just like, okay, if he can spot you six points, nine points in a five- or six-minute stretch, you're going to have – it's a good bench night for him. Then um, he also puts the ball on the floor and realizes when he's not making threes, hey, I can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. And as slow as I move, I'm, I, I can be effective in that regard. Um the issue that I have with George's and it's not really a him issue as much as it is a doc issue, but you, you go switch scheme, forget it, forget it. I mean, they're going to, they're going to toggle through their switches and, 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 and rotate those until they get him in, in, in on, on the one-on-one on an Island against the guy they want. That guy's going to go to work. I mean, the Knicks, Julius Randall did it to him. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks did it to him. The Raptors did it to him. And the Pacers did it to him. Yeah. They get him in. They 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 set. They pick and roll you until they get George's up there, and it's okay. Clear out. I got this. And then he he's too slow. Yeah, I mean, listen, George is going to have to kind of work on that a little bit. But I mean, for the most part, on the offensive end, I mean, he's averaging a career high twelve points and a career high one point seven assists, tying his career high with two point four rebounds. He's shooting thirty nine percent from deep um, on six attempts a night, which is like you said, but that's what you want. You know, you want a volume three point shooter to hop off your bench. And Austin, at least he's been much better than Mike Scott. <laughs> at least he's been much better. Not hard. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of like what that, that by itself is a, uh, is like a bargaining chip for his agent. Like, Hey, I'm better than Mike Scott. Like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Sign him up. You got it. No, I mean, that that's pretty bad, but I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like, I feel like I feel like Niang has been great. Um, is definitely is definitely a really good pickup. But I do agree with you. At some point, he's going to have to. They're going to have to do something when it comes to his defensive deficiencies because he's got the size. He's just he's too slow. Uh, as you mentioned, it Toronto did it, Milwaukee did it, Indiana did it. It's put him on an island and they attack the basket immediately. So something they'll have to figure out for sure. But do you feel like he, do you feel comfortable having George Niang out on the floor in a playoff game? Um. Oh. It's well, like so that. I think. Well, so let's be real here. He's making what three point whatever million per year. Um, so. He's not. I mean, there's a reason he's in that category of player. He's an eighth man on an NBA team, and that means that you can have him on the court in certain circumstances. He's not dynamic or versatile or athletically gifted enough where you can say, "Oh, well, he can fit in any lineup." Like you can't. You can't have you know, uh, him out there with Tobias and Andre and, and whoever else that you, you feel like you throw into the mix, you got to have players around him that can make up for his defensive shortcomings um, in, 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 in ways. Um, so, you know, I, I, you can have him on the floor, but you have to have a mix of Matisse out there with Joel, with Maxi, with, you know, with, with, with Shaker, with Danny, whatever. 
um, basically counter his defensive shortcomings and make up for them in other departments. But he's a very he's a very adequate offensive player who should get minutes in the playoffs. Um, and the only way that would change, really, for me, is if he comes timid as a shooter. If he come if that if that were to happen. I'm not really sure what value he's adding. He needs to be needs to be. I'm a catch. I'm a go because I ain't doing much else. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Or well, one more topic I want to touch with you on is the play of Seth Curry. Um, Seth has been terrific to start the year. He's averaging 16.2 points. He's shooting 54.2% from the floor, 47.1% from deep. And he is shooting 92.6% from the free throw line. Start the season, he's in the 50-40-90 club. Austin, can, can Seth keep this up? Can, I don't can, think so. You don't, don't think, think so? I don't think it's possible. Here's why. Um, he is, has adopted the point guard position later in his career. Um, and I just feel like there's too much responsibility for him where he's handling the ball. He's making decisions. He's trying to navigate pick and rolls and whatnot. And then he's got to also shoot 50, 40, 90, or like 50, like 45, 90. Like, I I just feel like you're asking too much out out of him at that point. Um, and so I think with all that responsibility, there's inevitably going to be some fatigue there for a guy that isn't super athletic and is kind of small. And as a result, it's, 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 it's going to be, you know, some wear and tear that comes with that. And the shooting efficiency will, 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 will go a little bit. I think over the last couple of games, he's sort of been less efficient than he was in the first handful of games this season. Um, I still think he's a, an absolute bargain at his contract. And I feel like, you know, it's been a breakout year for him, but I think something eventually he's going to have to give because he's he's just not a point guard. He's not, and he's being asked to be a point guard in a lot of settings. I will agree with that, just because I mean, as you mentioned, there's, there's going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of responsibility kind of thrown at Seth this year, just because we we talked about it. We think Tyrese is going to be a really good guy, but Tyrese is also 21 in his second year, and he's yeah. still trying to learn how to run things on offense. So. I can agree with that a little bit because there's there will, there will be nights where Seth is going to have to do much more than what he's asked. And on top of that, he's still got to go on the other end and defend, which we know Seth is not, you know, the greatest defender in the world. But the point is he's going to have to go out, go on the other, um, other, other end and produce in that area of the game. So I can see it. I, I, I don't know if he will drop too far in the three-point category because he shot 45% from deep last year. I just I want Seth to continue shooting around like six to eight threes a game. If you can get Seth at six to eight threes a game and continue to have him knock down at least somewhere between 40 and 45 percent of them or 43, 46 percent of them. I feel like that's still like a really good season for him. And then listen, he's going to knock down his free throws. So he'll at least get the 40, 90 part. I actually feel like his free throw percentage is low key annoying because he misses a lot of important free throws. Um and you just feel like he should be a, a much better free throw shooter for a guy that's as proficient from the field as he is. But I mean, his three, his free throw volume is also so low that like, it's kind of hard for him to get a feel from the line sometimes, but that's just one thing that's always bothered me about him, at least in his Philly tenure is his free throw shooting has not been what you think he would be. That's understandable. You know, like I, I didn't even think about that. The fact that like he don't, because he only goes to the line two, two times a game, like 2.1 times a game. Yeah. Did you know that, that, that Danny attempted his first free throws of the season against the Pacers? And they That's also hit all four, but first of the first, first free throws of the entire season. 
That's not surprising. <laughs> Danny, oh, yeah. that's another one too, Austin. I mean, Danny Green being in and out of the lineup right now is the worst thing to happen is with Matisse Thibel out right now. Yeah, it is. Um, listen, I hope Danny can like go on one of those cryogenic things where he can just like freeze the hamstring and be all right. But when you're 34, you got to take care of those hamstrings and you can't shortchange it. So um, we'll see. But Danny has been, I think, very, very good on offense this year, uh, given his role and perhaps even underrated a little bit in that regard. So we'll see. Listen, we'll see what happens. But like, I I feel like the Sixers right now, if you can continue to get Seth Curry continuing to play well, if you can get Tyrese Maxey to continue to develop as a player, then, you know, they'll, they'll continue to be in good shape, especially once Joel Embiid comes back from COVID. And, and when he does, I feel like the Sixers are going to be able to get back on the winning track. I don't, I don't know if – we'll end off the podcast with this. There's five games left on this road trip, Austin. They go to Utah. They go to Denver, Portland, Sacramento, Golden State. How many of those games do they win? Mm. And, and let's say Joel comes back during this trip. Let's just play hypotheticals and say he comes back during this trip. Let's say one. Oh, only one? Where are they winning? Sacramento? Probably, yeah. <laughs> of course it's Sacramento. I'm going to I'm gonna say two. I'm going to say they squeak out two. If they can get two wins on this trip, that would be a solid, solid trip. I mean, we, we're, we're assuming that Joel is actually going to come back on the trip, and I don't know. My bad assumption. Um, yeah, this is just an assumption. Like, it's not like it's like we're playing hypotheticals here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I would – they're going to listen. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine They're. I think the supporting cast around Joel has been much understated uh, this season. And I think he's, I think they've been really good as a team when he's been healthy. And like, it isn't like they beat up on bullshit teams. They beat the Hawks who everyone was like top three or four seed. Mm-hmm. They beat the Bulls who are much improved. They beat the Blazers who are the Blazers. They beat, um, you know, they, 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 they have some, some very good wins this season. Um, and they've lost four in a row with their best players missing. So, yeah, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to kind of see how everything works out. It's going to be interesting to watch, though. Austin, tell everybody where they can find you at, man. Find me in the gutter, probably. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's my dark humor. Um, you can find me on Twitter at NBA Krill. I cover the Sixers for the Painted Lines on the beat every day. You can Venmo me some change so I can feed myself and my family. Oh, God. Uh, it's <laughs> and, yeah, find me there and you can find my work at the painted make sure uh actually i want to thank everybody for over uh for listening to this podcast and continuing to read um myself over at sixerswire.com we've hit over a million views every month so far in 2021 so again i'm very thankful for all of you and i really hope that you continue to kind of keep clicking and, and continuing to read myself so i can uh so i can also earn that bonus money to feed myself and my family so <laughs> um i appreciate you all Austin, thank you so much for coming on with me, man. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Take care. And for everybody else, we're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer. <laughs>